10 years of us being in this building, there have been more than 20 baptisms at our baptismal font. In some ways, all very similar. And in other ways, all very unique, right? Different people coming up and receiving a, a promise from God, right? Whether they were infants or children or adults, water was applied. And so in some ways, similar. And at the same time, each one of those stories, a little bit different. It's a nice picture, isn't it? When you come to church and you, you witness a baptism, you, you see water being applied and God speaking and, and proclaiming his promise that, that sin is forgiven, that that, ch- that person is now a, a child of God, that they are perfect and righteous in God's eyes because of what their Savior has done for them. And at the same time, you could perhaps look and go, why do it at all? It's a nice rite. It's a nice thing that we, we, we get to experience and, and watch at times, but, but why do it? Well, it, it wasn't something that the church decided and came up with on its own. Nor is it something that, that you and I do and experience or, or witness because, well, because we want to show our faith in God or, or demonstrate our obedience to him. No, there's a, there's a far greater reason. And God's word even tells us about it. Right? God, God's word tells us that from the moment we were conceived, we've been sinful. From the moment I was two cells big, I have part of me that wants to rebel against God, that wants nothing to do with him and his word. Right? And, and that's backed up then as I, I see my thoughts, my words, my actions in life. That that sinful nature comes, becomes glaringly obvious. And I suppose in that way, very similar to you in your life, huh? Born of sinful parents. Parents who handed on a sinful nature to you. A sinful nature that shows itself in untold number of ways whether they be pride, arrogance, selfishness, anger, right? My list is probably a bit different than yours. And while my list is unique to me and yours to you, still similar, aren't they? Still show the same sin and rebellion against God that we inherited from our parents when we were conceived. And something that you and I will not rid ourselves of until we leave this world of sorrows. But it's worse. Because not only do you and I have a sinful nature that leads us into sinful thoughts, words, and actions, and and live in a world full of sinners, God's word tells us a bit more about that. Right in, in in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul writes, You are dead in your transgressions and sins. That from the moment I was conceived, because of that sin that is, that is part of me, I'm spiritually dead. I want nothing to do with God, nor can I do anything to get myself to God or into God's graces. You begin to see the problem, don't you? That not only because of my own sinful nature 
and how it shows itself in my life do I have a problem. But that same sin that is so a part of me also makes it completely impossible for me to, to turn to God, to want those things that God wants, to live as a child of God. It prevents me from, well, even coming to faith on my own because, well, a person who's dead doesn't just suddenly decide to become alive. So you see, I, as sinful human beings, we have a problem. A big problem that you and I, outside of ourselves, cannot deal with or solve. You and I have a great big need. And God saw that need and he answered it, didn't he? And he came to us in the most simplest of ways, right? We just celebrated Jesus coming into the flesh, a, a baby born in Bethlehem, a simple way that had the angels not proclaimed it, it would have been easy for us to, to completely miss. He comes to us bringing life through his death on a cross. Simple. But at the same time, not the way you'd necessarily expect. And then in God's word, he promises, when you have water, and you apply it with my word, it's simple. But this amazing thing happens. Right? Water applied in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us, is going to bring forgiveness of sins. It's going to create spiritual life where there was nothing but death. It's going to bring Christ's perfection, his righteousness to you, and make you perfect and righteous in God's sight. Through that water of baptism, God takes a rebellious child and adopts him into his family. Right? It's no wonder then that as, as children, as, as people see their, their natural sinful condition, as they hear what God's word has to say to them about who they really are and the sin that's such a part of their life, it's no, no wonder then when they hear this good news of what God has done for us, in Jesus and, and the promises Jesus makes to us in baptism that says, I, I want that. Right? I have a great need for that. And here God supplies what I need in forgiving my sins and, and adopting me into his family and, and making me his child. It also helps you begin to understand John the Baptist's ministry. Right, do you hear John the Baptist as he's, he's the one God had sent to prepare the way for the Savior? And how do you prepare the way for the Savior? Well, you begin by pointing out to people their sin. Right, you begin to talk about, to them about their sinful condition and how that, that sinful nature that's a part of them shows itself in their thoughts, their words, and their actions. Because unless they realize their need for a Savior, they aren't going to need a Savior. So John the Baptist comes and he talks to them about sin 
And he tells them that the one who is coming, who will free them from their sin, who will take away sin and destroy death and overcome the devil, is coming soon, right? And as the people hear this, they're, they're cut to the heart. And John takes them and he baptizes them and he tells them their sins are forgiven because the Savior is coming soon. Right? He, he helps them see their need and then answers that need with God's word and, and points them to their Savior. Which makes today's gospel lesson a bit confusing, doesn't it? Because when you understand, when you understand why God gave us the sacrament of baptism, right, it, it helps us it helps us understand God's love for us and that He gives us something that we need. Right? We have sin, we carry around with us death. Right? And here God answers those needs by, by forgiving our sins, by washing away our guilt, right? by declaring us God's children. Need taken care of in baptism, right? And then you see John the Baptist proclaiming those same things and people coming and hearing and being baptized. And then all of a sudden, one day, of all the people in the world, Jesus comes to him. And wants to be baptized by John. You can begin to understand perhaps a little bit John's hesitancy, can't you? Of all the people John the Baptist had been preaching you, the one person who didn't need to hear what John the Baptist had to say about sin and grace was Jesus. John the Baptist knew and understood who Jesus was as, as the coming Savior. Jesus hadn't sinned his entire life. Being conceived by the Holy Spirit, he didn't have a sinful nature. He had no need for the blessings that God promises through baptism. So you can understand perhaps a little bit John's confusion and his, and his hesitancy to, to baptize Jesus because here was the one person in the entire world who didn't need to be baptized. And he tries to deter Jesus. Right? He begins to argue with Jesus a little bit. Lord, I don't need, you don't need to be baptized by me. I, in fact, I should be the one being baptized by you. I have a greater need for the blessings that God promises through baptism than, than you do. You should baptize me. But Jesus shuts that, down, shuts that down rather quickly, doesn't he? Being perfect, he had a perfect understanding of God's will. As the Son of God, he had a perfect understanding of God's plan of salvation and how it was all to work, which John the Baptist didn't. I think you and I struggle with that at times, don't we? Because we have sinful nature because we're rebellious sinners who, who at times rebel against God because we're not God we don't have that perfect understanding of God's will and his plan for our life and what happens then when God's plan doesn't match up with what we expect to be happening in our life don't we have the same reaction as John the Baptist 
don't we begin to protest a little bit and argue with God and say, Lord, this isn't right. This isn't how this is supposed to happen. Right? There, there is a, a little bit of boldness on John the Baptist's part to tell the Messiah, Jesus, you're wrong. You shouldn't be baptized. I should be baptized by you. And at the same time, there's a whole lot of ignorance behind it. And perhaps there's that same boldness and same ignorance in our own life, huh? When we protest to God about how things are going in our life, when we don't agree with God's plan that he's laid out for us and and how he carries that out in our life, and we begin to argue with God and say, Lord, that's not right. This isn't how this should be. I don't like where this is going. Lord, stop. It's the very reason Jesus came, isn't it? Because that's the definition of rebellion, isn't it? When God has a plan and purpose for my life, a plan and purpose that he has promised is for my good, a plan and purpose that's based out of his love for me. A plan, a plan and purpose for my life that he tells me he's going to bring challenges and hardships into as a way of drawing me closer to him so that I can show and, and, I can, and, and live out that trust that God has created in my heart. And yet all too often when that happens, my reaction isn't to go along willingly with God's plan and to trust that he's going to keep his promises to me. But instead it's to grumble and object and throw up arguments about how God is wrong and this can't be good. Jesus' answers, Jesus' answer to John the Baptist was simply, John, it's right for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Right? Jesus' answer to John was simply, this is part of God's plan. Right? I've been carrying out God's plan to save sinners from the moment I was born. For 30 years, I've perfectly kept every one of God's commands. I am perfect and, and sinless. You're right, I have no need for this, but I am also standing in the place of sinners. Sinners like you and me. Right? And, and now as he, 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 he steps out into a new phase of his ministry in which uh, a phase that will take him to the cross, he continues to stand in our place. Right? And, and so what he wants and what God's plan is, is for him to show that he is one of the people that he is coming to save. And so he insists that he be baptized. He walks into the water like his brothers and sisters before him and you and I after him in order to be baptized. Not because he had a need for it, but because you and I do. And as our Savior was standing in our place before God. Think of what that means for us now. Right? We have a a Savior who came and stood in our place before God for us. And because he did that, all our sin is forgiven. 
a Savior who perfectly kept all of God's commands and offered that perfect life as a sacrifice on the cross to pay for every last one of our sins. It means our sin is forgiven. Our guilt is gone. Because we have that perfect Savior who stood in our place, God comes to us and says, His perfection I'm giving to you so that you are now perfect in my eyes. Right? It means when we come to a font and have water applied to us in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God comes to us and he says, not only am I washing away all of your sin, not only is your guilt taken away, not only am I creating a faith in your heart that lets you trust in Jesus as your Savior, but I am going to adopt you into my family. I'm going to give you Christ's righteousness so that I can look at you and what I'm going to see is my son's perfection. And therefore I can look at each of you and say, you are my child, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Because you're perfect in my eyes, not because of your own perfection, but because you have a Savior who came and fulfilled all righteousness in your place. A Savior who came and, and took the punishment that your sins deserved and he did it in your place. Which means now when we find ourselves in those moments of hardship or when life throws a, a challenging curve, right, then we're ready to protest about God's plan in our life. Instead, we think of our Savior. A Savior who lived and died for us. A Savior who did perfectly what we weren't able to. And because of that, we have a God whose plans we can trust. Even when we don't completely or fully understand them. It means when the devil comes and reminds us of past sins, when he throws out in our path temptations that tempt us to, to sin and to rebel against God, and even in those moments when we see ourselves stumble and fall into temptation and that sin is weighing heavy on our hearts, we have an answer, don't we? Not only do I look at my Savior and I see my forgiveness, but I can look back at my baptism and say, I am a redeemed child of God. My Savior came and washed my sins away and I know this is true because I've been baptized in my Savior's name. You see, there's a, a connection, isn't there, between Jesus' baptism and our own. A connection that not only empowers us and, and reminds us of, of the forgiveness that is ours and the place that we now sit in as, as God's children, but it's a, a connection that now empowers us in our lives as children of God. So as a redeemed, forgiven child of God, Go confidently and live trusting in God's promises, knowing he's going to keep them because, well, you're his child. And he loves you. And with you, he's well pleased. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 10.15 with Sunday School and Bible class at 9 o'clock. 
We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.